Hey everybody, welcome to Theology in the Dirt. My name is Mitchell Jolly and this is... Keith Thompson. And this is... Justin Owens. And you are... Rob West. Awesome. We have a, a guest in studio with us today. We really appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, I'm really excited to have my friend Rob West here with us today. Now Rob, we uh, we go back a ways, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's uh, since high school. Yeah. And then uh, we made it to, to the professional world of Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. And that's where the real uh, magic happened. So the Magic <laughs> happens at Chick-fil-A River Bend Mall. It was. And then we just dated ourselves. So. <laughs> All this gray hair on my face is for, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. It is wisdom. That's it exactly is. what it is. At least that's what I'm telling myself. That's right. That's right. Well, this is Theology in the Dirt. And our aim in Theology of the Dirt in the Dirt is to practice our theology in our homes, in the public square of our city, and our world. And today we've got, we got Rob West with us. Now, we're going to be jumping into our topic in just a few minutes, sure. and it's going to be on church, Christianity, and, and how you see that from your perspective, because you have a unique perspective. We'll talk through that. Okay. But before we do, um, I want us to go around the table and uh, do our sports hot take for okay. the day. Now, I just want everybody to understand that if Justin comes with a Tennessee hot take, I have a laugh track. Or a mute the mic button. <laughs> yeah, or a, or a mute the mic, something. But you're welcome to it. do that. No, I okay. deserve it. It's okay. That's okay. Absolutely. So uh, we'll, we'll let uh, we'll, we won't put our guest on the spot first. Let him think about it. So, but Justin, since I called you out and threatened a laugh track, why don't you give us uh, your sports hot take first? I will avoid Tennessee sports so that you don't laugh at me today. Um, I guess the debate, the sports hot take, is Brady the greatest of all time? Is he the goat of all sports? So is it him or Jordan? And uh, or Serena, people are on Twitter talking about That's Serena. Fair. She's the twenty-three time Grand Slam champion. So is she the goat? Who is? I don't know. That's good. All right. But Brady is definitely the NFL goat okay. of all time. So you're kind of giving us an option, not necessarily a hot take. What I want you to tell me is which one is the greatest <laughs> of all time. That's your hot take. I think Brady is because not okay. only is he excellent, but he makes everyone around him excellent. That's good. He took a team that was. I don't know what they were the year before, but they weren't. They had James they were Winston not Super as their Bowl starting contenders. They were not Super Bowl contenders. Right. And they were seven and five halfway through the year. James Winston. Yeah. He's like the hamburger of crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> so. The memes of him with crab legs yeah, are still the, some of my some favorite. Of the best ones. Yeah, the internet is undefeated with James <laughs> right. Winston. He was great passing as long as he was on the other team, though. <laughs> He's right. excellent. The Falcons had some pick six on the if, guy. If he had as many interceptions uh, as he could have been a cornerback <laughs> with all those interceptions, <laughs> he probably should be with those <laughs> many. That's awesome, Keith. What's your hot take? In the uh, I don't world? know. Maybe the hot take is the refs in the Super Bowl game in the first half. Those guys may have made some of the biggest plays in the game. I'm not saying they were right or wrong. Right. I'm just saying they had as big of, of an impact. I think as anybody in the game probably, and and their uh, uh, the Bucks defense. Shout out to the Bucks defense. Yeah, they were phenomenal. Yeah, Todd they were Bowles solid. had a plan. Yeah, you know, yeah, they were they, incredible. They got pressure with four. I don't think they they didn't blitz a lot. Mm, that's I, right. I believe Todd Bowles was not good enough to be the coach of the Falcons when he interviewed. Maybe, hopefully, that's not going to sting. Yeah. This time next year for us mm -hmm. yeah. as Falcons fans. As Indomitian Sue breaks Matt Ryan's leg. Yeah. <laughs> and Todd Bowles is over there He's laughing. Like, well. <laughs> well. <laughs> right, right. All right, Rob, give us your uh, sports hot take. Uh, my sports hot take is going to be the Super Bowl party that I went to 
and uh, how our wings were undercooked and a lot of it's got <laughs> sick. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. It made, it made for an interesting next day. So, uh, yeah. Did, did you buy these from a local establishment or they were they were home cooked? A, they were from a restaurant. They were from a restaurant. So, yeah. But we're good now. Everybody's good. But uh, I, I'm excited about baseball season. Uh, baseball season is right. You know, everybody knows mm-hmm. that when the Super Bowl's over, everybody starts getting focused on baseball. Amen. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited about our Braves. And we re-signed uh, Ozuna. So it's um, – let's see what happens. That's a big deal. It is. It I, is. I think, it's a, I think it's a big deal. I'm glad we didn't spend the money on Trevor Bauer. I'm glad that money didn't get spent. Yes. Yep. I, I think – this is not my hot take – but I think Trevor Bauer is overrated. I do too. I think he, he got hot at the right time. Yep. And um, and he he got a lot of attention, which was good for him because he was going to be moving on in free agency. Yeah. But um, I think there'll be some uh, there'll be some hurt feelings uh, in uh, Los Angeles by the middle of the season with mm-hmm. him and all that money they spent on him. So. Hundred and five million hurt feelings. That's, a, that's, a, that's <laughs> a lot of hurt feelings. It's a lot of hurt feelings. Yeah. Cincinnati and L.A. are not the same places. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Be a different animal, but, but he will have uh, he'll have a uh, outstanding cast of folks around him, you know. So you know they could score way more runs than Cincinnati did, and that'll definitely help his calls. I I think so too. And it's hard to hit a tater out of Los Angeles, so that'll help him too. That's gonna help yeah. him. That's true. That's true. His attitude might bite him worse there. It, though, than yeah, it you're not Cincinnati, kidding. So. Yeah, you're not kidding. You're not under. Yeah, you're not under the radar when you're in Los Angeles. Those big markets, mm-hmm. and, uh, you gotta kind of gotta tone it back or. It'll it'll get you. Yeah, that's right. Well, here here's my hot take, um, and and I'm I'm gonna throw this down right here. Tom Brady will never win another Super Bowl. He's about to hit his massive biological decline that is inevitable. Yep. I think he has he has absolutely done a phenomenal job taking care of himself. Uh, he's meticulous in his detail, um, but that old body starts breaking down after a while, regardless of what you put in it or don't put in it. And I think he is right on the, the verge of, uh, of experiencing a massive decline, and this was his last Super Bowl win. Unless mm. unless he uh, he goes – he's a Scientologist with Tom uh, Cruise, and uh, they have genetics that they're giving – I don't know what's going on over there. I just whatever they're doing. I, right? I just know that I want, I want whatever's going on over there because I'm getting old really fast. <laughs> if Tom can come help us out. Like if I sneeze, like I throw my neck out and I'm out of commission for two weeks. So I can imagine <laughs> dudes tackling me, you know, at my age. Right, right. <laughs> Having to run for your life from, right. from 300-pound right. dudes that run a, a 4, 5, 40, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. So, so that's going to be my hot take. That's his last Super Bowl. And – uh I'm I'm gonna stop short of saying Tampa won't make the playoffs. I'm, I'm gonna tell you I think he's got one more in him. Honestly, I do so. I do? I think if they keep that cast around him, uh, I mean he just got better as the year went. I mean it was kind of ridiculous the things that he was doing as as the year progressed. Right. So. With the salary cap seeming to be, it's gonna be less mm-hmm. than it has been. How teams are gonna be able to keep their talent? You mm-hmm. should see the thing that somebody posted that uh, it said he restructured his uh, contract to twenty eight point three million. And he broke it down, and it's like uh, basically Tom Brady. 28.3? Yeah, he's never oh. going to forget the Falcons. Oh. For it, for it. So it was pretty funny. That's brutal. It was, it was, That's brutal. It was a little painful for me to breathe. That, I that did is, laugh. So. That is painful. I'm, I'm on a bus in Acadia National Park. This was uh, uh, July, the July after the Falcons mm. lost. <laughs> From 28 to 3 <laughs> to losing. 
and which is in New England area, right? Mm-hmm. It's in the main area, and we're on, they're on a little family vacation. And I hear from the back of the bus, 28 to 3, and yeah. whatever this accent is. Yeah. And I turn around and look, and they're just laughing because I have this Falcons T-shirt on. Yeah. He's just, just roasting me on this mm. bus. And it was good-hearted, good-natured. Yeah. It was funny. And there's nothing to say. But no. Yeah. I had nothing to Agreed. come back with him at. It was just like, right on, man. That was the last time that I was ever really, truly sick. I had the flu, um, and I was working in Missouri. And I remember, and I and I had man, it was it was probably the sickest I'd ever been. And uh, I remember watching the first half, and I was excited. I was like, "Well, I feel like crap, but Falcons is gonna we're gonna win the Super Bowl." And I took some more medicine. I went to sleep, and I woke up, and I was like, "What happened?" I was like sick all over again. It was just for a whole nother reason. So I had the right. flu, and we got lost. And so it was you have to wonder if Brady mentioned that at halftime. Oh. This year, right? Like we cannot let up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been on the other side of this, yeah. and we came back. Oh, that's that's a, that's the best motivation he can give anybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We and then the Falcons to. is like, here we go again. <laughs> here we go. We've been doing that. Since. We've been doing this since the Super Bowl, so it's not a big deal. Actually, yeah. we were good at that this year, losing leads. Yeah, huh? it's the mo. A oh, guy feels sick now. I know I do too. It's, I don't it's, know. Uh, it's uh yeah it's, it's it's disheartening. Yeah. Well, actually, next week we're gonna have uh, Joey Taylor's gonna be on with us, and he's he worked in the athletic department of a university, and we're gonna talk about sports and Christianity and how those things blend. And cool. So that's gonna be our topic next week. This week we're talking about the church, Christianity, and I particularly ask you, Rob, to come and give us your perspective on how you see Christianity and how you see the church. But before I I ask you to 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 jump in on that, I, some statistics that continue to blow my mind. Gallup, uh, a reputable source, uh, the Rainer Group that does some decent statistical work, um, the median church size in the United States is around 75, right? And if you if you extrapolate that out and you take a look at our city, 100,000-ish, Floyd County, Roman Floyd County. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, right? And then if you take the number of churches in that average size – you don't have a lot of people. You have 10,000 and under people out of 100,000 who are involved in any local church. And then you look at some statistics like from Gallup from 1937 to 1976, 70% of the population attended a church. That's not saying anything about their faith, what they believe, just 70%. Mm-hmm. From the 70s to the 90s, that dropped to 68%. And then from 2000 to present date, that has dropped to 48%. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating to me. And then the trend of no affiliation demographically. They say they affiliate nothing doubled uh, from 8% up to 19%. And then 1 in 10 of the no affiliation said they belong to a church, which still blows my mind. I don't affiliate at all with Christianity, but I'm a member of a church. And that, okay, as elders in a church, as seminary students, as theologians, we start thinking, how is that? possible. So these trends are present in our city. You're my friend. I trust you. Uh, I love you as a friend and you can speak Frank and you're not going to stop being my friend. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> sure. uh, and, and so we would love for you to give us some feedback and yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it. Would you identify as a Christian and a member of a local church? I would say that I identified as a Christian, but I'm not a member of a local church. Okay. Now, when you when you talk about being a Christian and not a member of a local church, what is your thought about the local church and why not affiliate? Ooh, okay. Hey, have at right? it, brother. So it's all good. I'm going to give you a little background real quick because I thought about this uh, uh, 
a little bit before I, you know, I knew I was coming over here. So in my first experience in church was as a small child, I'd went to church. I didn't go to church with my parents. Um, my dad went to church. He was in a fam- family, brothers and sisters of nine. My grandfather made sure they were, they were Southern Baptists. Mm-hmm. They went to church every Sunday. And uh, they were always in church, and something happened. Uh, uh, you know as well as anybody that the church family can hurt you worse than your own family. Right. Something happened there. And my grandfather made a decision to, instead of spending time telling his telling his nine kids that you need to, we need to get on this path, we need to be with this group of people because what they're doing is the right thing, and then something sour go, he he's he questioned, do I need to be the one that's teaching them these things instead of teaching them about the people that is going to teach them these things? So they kind of made a move away from the church, and it was a big deal because wherever they were. No matter where they were, they went to church. You know, that was in, and that's nine kids. My poor grandmother had to get ready for Sunday morning. <laughs> we've, we've got like two small ones, and I want them. Uh, I don't know; they make me crazy. So, uh, but uh, we we we've thought about investing into little kid cages uh, or crates or but, but <laughs> leashes. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so shot collars, yeah, shot collars definitely. So especially for mine. Um, but so that. So my dad didn't. My dad didn't push me to go to church as right. a child, but my mom and they both agreed. So on Christmas and Easter, which we have the birth of Christ, and then we have the death and resurrection of Christ, those were important for me to go as a small child to start. You know, and my my parents are good; they're good people. My grandparents were too, um, and they were always good to everybody. So I had good role models, uh, and I try to do those same things. But uh, I would go on, on – I remember this, – this is crazy, but every every Christmas and every Easter I'd go to that same church because that, that was you know, the thing. Um, and one of the ladies at the church came to me, and they were passing out things to the kids. And she looked at me, and I was a child. I was a small child. She goes, you need to start coming to church when we just don't give out candy and toys. Ouch. So I told my parents, and my dad's like, well, you don't, don't go, we're not going you, – you don't got to go back over there. Excuse me. So, good. so, um, so that happened. And then I had, um, I was in middle school and I was, you know, the youth, when you get into middle school, that's when I noticed that the youth, youth pastors push hard on the kids. Cause that's when they're most impressionable. Cause I think that's when they're going through their transition of being a child to, to a young adult and they struggle the most there, which I think is great that that's what they do. The church I went to, we went to, uh, we were having, um, uh, I forgot what it was called. Some big event. Um, every day after school, we were there, and I had a guy tell me that um, if I was uh, if I cheered Michael Jordan when he dunked on somebody, that I might as well have been worshiping the devil. Well, I'm 13 years old. This is a big church in town now, wow. a big one, right? So, uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, look behind you. There's Dominique dunking. I cheer a lot when Dom. I guess it's a devil behind that poster. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, right. so that is the, that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Uh, later on, life happens, and I start dating a girl, and her parents is. And if I'm going crazy rogue on this, no, just, you're good. Yeah. So, um, but to date their daughter, I had to go to church with them. I was fine with that. You know, I'm okay. I'm a good person. I'm okay being a good person and being around good people. And I watched the watched. This wasn't a very nice lady. Her her stepmother was not a very nice person. She was very mentally abusive to her kids that weren't hers. But she would go to church and speak in tongue. And the pastor would say what she was saying. Now I'm not it's not for me to say that wasn't 
he wasn't able, she wasn't being spoke through through God, and and that was being translated to the church. But I just remember a time, the same church, same situation. I was, I just struggled with like, how can God use her for a vessel? She's such a nasty person. I mean, she was as nasty as could be. Um, and then I, and then the pastor, uh, he uh, he browbeat him like every week, like every weekend he beat just browbeat him about tithing. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be a story to this somewhere, because I'm, you know, I'm think I'm always thinking outside the box. That's just who I am. And uh, about three weeks down the road, he goes, I just want to thank y'all for being so good to our church and our church family so good to us. You know, we've been having to take our clothes to the laundromat for the past three weeks, and uh, and we, we we finally got a new washer and dryer. And I'm like, is that what it was about? Like you browbeat this whole these people, and a lot of these people probably didn't have a lot of extra money just to give away. So, um, so I, I just always kind of, there's always been like a, 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 it's put a bad taste in my mouth uh, as far as the church goes. Sure. Um, I see a lot of people that do great things in the community and man, they can't wait to post it all over Facebook. They can't wait to rub it in the world's face. Uh, you come to our church because we're doing these things for these people that have nothing. Um, I will tell you right now, my family, we do a whole lot for people. We don't ever talk about it. If you got to brag about what you did to be good to somebody, um, then did you really do something good for that person or are you just trying to get some self-glorification? Mm-hmm. I came to your church. Mm-hmm. We, Brittany and I came, and you said something that just, man, it just like uh, it punched me in the face. And it was uh, when you said that, uh, you know, a lot of people, you can't use Jesus for your mascot. Mm-hmm. And I totally believe that uh, – if that's what you're doing, uh, which you see a lot of it, um, it's it's really it's really sad. I know uh, 9-11 happened, and uh, there was a big a meeting with a bunch of uh, pastors from the church downtown. And I drove by and I laughed, like and I laughed hysterically because everybody had the same linen shirt and little funky pants that they all like. They all went to some. They went to the Banana Republic and got them an outfit to go wear to this event, and I'm like, you know, it's right. But, but it's a it's a it's a group of people, and and I can tell you another story, and I don't know if it's it, it, it's tell it. That's good. Okay, I think this is helpful because I I think I, there is so much. I we grew up same high school, yeah. Um, and my experience is not different from yours. I owned a health club. I, I still called it a gym. It wasn't a health club. It was a gym. Different, right? Health gym. And I had two predominant pastors come to my facility and want to work out. Uh, but they told me how the previous guy didn't make them pay. And I said, Really? I said, Well, that guy's no longer here. And uh, we don't like to eat bologna sandwiches for dinner. So if uh, you want to work out here, go ahead and work out today and then come back and we'll get you signed up. I'm talking big churches, big churches. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm. Never saw them again. So maybe they took their story somewhere else and, and told about how, you know, and then they was like, oh, well, come on in. We need people like you. No, really, we didn't need. We did not need people like you in my gym. Yeah. So, um, mm. but there was a guy that did work out of my gym, and he paid, and he, he, was, he, he was a pastor. And he told me that there was a big meeting of all these pastors, and they sat at a table, and they talked about how they targeted a demographic because that was the cash flow of the church coming in. And he got up and walked away from them. Uh, and it would shock you to know 
some of the people that was there. Shock you. I you may not be surprised. I don't at think all. it yeah. would shock us. Yeah. So, uh, so it's just to me, it's uh, and I and I and I'm not one to pass judgment on people, but I'm a very good judge of character. Probably not when my dating life when I was younger. Probably should have been a little better with that. But uh, maybe we all have stories that, of similar. That is a whole nother podcast. And I probably needed to be laying on that couch over there with a therapist in that chair with a notebook trying to decipher my bad decisions. <laughs> but um, but I, I think that um, it just it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And, and, and what I will say to you, to you guys, is I think if, if the world uh, acted as Jesus acted, and if you if you've done the things that Jesus did, and you really truly followed the word of Jesus, I feel like we're all be in a good place right now. You know, I, I feel like we all would be in a good place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like you know yourself fulfilling, um, you know, things that you do to to get self gratification or get notified, get some likes on Facebook or whatever. I mean, I, my podcast is we we want those likes and we need those things just to grow our podcast. What is your podcast? Tell everybody. Um, I love it. It's Cigar Store Idiots. Uh, We are the only Cigar Store Idiots. So if you look us up on social media, it's Cigar Store Idiots. Uh, If you um, Google us, look at our website, we're the only ones. And I just got lucky and and came across that name and it worked. So, but uh, I think if you're, if you're in the church, I don't really know. I don't know what direction you go in now because social media is so so predominant and it's so viable to what everybody's doing nowadays. But I just think it's a trap too. I think it's a trap. Hmm. That's good insight, man. Um, There's so much that, that goes into our thinking here. Um, So we want to come back and, and, and unpack some of your thoughts. So before we do, let's take a quick break and, uh, and, and we'll uh, be right back in just a moment. All right, we're back. Thank you guys again for listening to Theology in the Dirt. Rob West is with us today, and Rob's telling us his story of church engagement and and being a Christian in our city. Um, I think, Rob, you said something a moment ago in your observation about people's giving and the work they do in our city, uh, which I I think is super important because as you said that, immediately I'm hearing Jesus in Matthew 6 say, "When when your right hand gives, do not let your left hand know what's going on. Keep it between you and the Lord. And the God who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites do, thinking they'll be um, they'll be seen and, and they'll be honored because they're special and holy and right. But when you pray, go into your closet and the God who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. I mean, even, even me as a local pastor, I am super hesitant about too much connection between my, our organization's good work uh, and public prayer and public acknowledgement of who that belongs to or who did that for those reasons. And, and those that makes me nervous because the reward connected to any good work is directly linked to uh, it being shown to be God, not the human agent. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that's, a, that's a, uh, something in Christian subculture that is lacking is, is a spiritual veneer uh, that is just merely veneer. And that comes across to discerning people. And I, I, I think you are a discerning person. I've always believed that about you. You see past BS. Sometimes it's a heart of yeah, things. Sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing to, to have discernment, and I've been told that before too, but it, sometimes it's, it's kind of disappointing too because 
you know where something's going automatically. You know, mm. you know, you know what the, the end result's going to be like way early. So right, right. Well, one of the reasons I came back to my hometown for me, this is hometown for me. Uh, after being in Texas, was because I realized after I became a Christian at the age of twenty, um, God miraculously put me in front of somebody who would tell me what the Bible said and all the stuff I grew up with hearing, the stuff your experience, same, same, that pushed me away. Mm -hmm. Something changed because what I heard in that message of the cross of Jesus, his justifying work for sinners, so through repentance and faith in him, he would give me a new life, change everything. I heard that, and it instantly transformed me. But it's not the message I heard growing up. It was come here when we're not giving stuff away, right? <laughs> yeah. it, it was. I was like, can I still have that piece of chocolate? <laughs> yeah, I would really like to have that piece of chocolate, man. You can keep that toy. It's probably got lead paint on it. Right. I just want the chocolate. Just give me the chocolate, right? It was don't have sex, don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with girls who do. It was a bunch of stuff to check off a list that you don't do. Yeah. And that equaled going to heaven. And we actually did a podcast last year on that called Moralistic Therapeutic Deism to get really nerdy. But this idea that you connect some distant God and some list of things to do or don't do to earn his favor is what many in our city equate with Christianity. And it's absolutely devastating because that is not Christianity. And, and it took, it was, I was 20 years old before, before I understood that. So when we came back to Rome, Georgia, it was primarily because my experience said most of my city, they don't know what I've been privileged to be taught and know. So we came back with the end of making sure Rome had a witness to the truth of the gospel, God's word being taught as effectively as we possibly can do it and, and being as real as we possibly can mm -hmm. with the message. And so I think your story is key because most of the people are going to listen to this podcast um, are going to be people who are really like into theology and like being tuned in to trying to be as correct as we possibly can be and maybe are not as connected as they should be to our city. And they just assume, well, geez, there's a church on every corner. Why aren't yeah. people coming? And well, there's a reason. Yeah. And I, and I'll say this, I, I, I'll make this. <clears throat> and again, I, I, I don't attend church every Sunday, but this is what I see because we have, uh, a teenage daughter at home. I have a a, a, high, a kid that graduated high school last year, and if I could say anything to anybody that's that's uh, that's in the that's that's in the cloth, man, you better go get out there to those young people, and you better give them some direction, because the stuff I hear every single day, these kids coming home and being ugly to each other, uh, in 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 acting out and disrespect, and uh, it, it's just the culture is so mean right now. And it's starting so early. Social media is a poison. It's a complete poison. Uh, I'm on. I'm on it, you know. And uh, and I and I get so mad at myself um, because I know how I will read things and it affects me. It makes me angry. So um, I'm I'm really big um, proponent of 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 the government tracking down people that traffic children. Like I I mean it's just like my burning gut. Like just makes me crazy. So. I read, I see those things and read those things, and it makes me upset. Well, you got a, an, you know, you got a 13, 12, 13, 14 year old kid that's on social media that's reading not those things, but there's other things about how they're bullying each other, being mean to each other. So if you're a youth pastor, I'm telling you, as an outsider guy, go get your young kids and start 
getting them on the right path because they're they're a mess. The young kids are a mess today. They're a complete mess. Yeah, they really are. Um, and and the thing that concerns me about them also is what information are they hearing? Yes, that's defining who God is even and how school. God responds. Yeah, even, even at, school. at school, even right. at the college level. I mean, right. It's, you know. Right. Absolutely. Pretty. Well, I think the um, connecting it back to your story, the error so many churches make in youth ministry is you try to compete with the world, right? You put out the same flashy message mm-hmm. and, oh, come come here because we're the cool, we've got all the stuff. And there is no, let's point you in the right direction. Right. Let's teach you what the Word of God says. Let's, you know, and then walk again, with you through and life. And then we go back to that whole thing too. It's like, well, if we're going for a certain demographic kid who's got a predominant family that's making a certain amount of money, well, we want them in the church because their tides are going to be bigger. And I'm going to get a G-Wagon this year. I really right. want a G-Wagon. G wagon, or I'm going to get a private jet. I mean, it's 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 yeah. absurd. It's yeah. absurd to me to to see those things. Right. It. Uh, <laughs> if your name rhymes with Schmoll Schmolstein, not a big fan of yours. Just going to be honest. Schmoll Schmolstein. Yeah. 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 I know yeah. about. Schmoll. Not a big. Not a big fan. You know. And, and, right. And those things, <laughs> like those things, uh, to me, when I see those things, and as an outsider from the church. As somebody that tries to be a Christian but an outsider in the church, man, that's such a huge turnoff to me. To sure. Those those mega churches are just a giant turnoff to me. It is. You know? Well, one of the one of the things demographically that's always concerned me, it concerns me about our fellowship, um, is that when you take a look at who we are as a city and 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 the people that need the most work in our city are people demographically, whether it be socioeconomic or or some other reason don't fit neatly and there are reasons they feel uncomfortable coming attending mm-hmm. our our places of worship and 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 those things bother me mm-hmm. because um, the truth of the matter is the people who get served in South Rome um, through work that is present there um, don't feel comfortable coming to us for right. all manner of reasons. And we can give reasons why they should feel comfortable, but it doesn't change the fact that psychologically, sociologically, something's going off in them that says, I don't belong there. Mm-hmm. And at some point that has to shift. Yeah. It has to shift. I mean, when you're talking a hundred thousand people, 10,000 and under attending any local church, that's the demographic. And that, that percentage is about the people who have the money right. and keep the buildings up and right. keep the things going. And, and, and I know it's not free. I mean, and, and right. again, I know it's not free to, to, you gotta have the lights on, you gotta have the power, you gotta pay people to do these things. I get that. But let's go back to that G wagon and that private jet and things like that. So is it possible to get a banana, private jet? banana, I mean, banana Republic outfits? They're just expensive, man. You ever try to shop there? I didn't. I shop at the Goodwill. You did. <laughs> hey, you can find some deals at the Goodwill. I, 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 I hear Brittany's a big fan of wanting to go do thrift shopping and stuff like that. So Goodwill's got the stuff. Yeah. So Keith, what are your thoughts when you hear this? This is not atypical of conversations we have with folks in our city. Yeah. What is the root? Yeah. Well, part of the root is that folks aren't Christians. You know, they're. Christian means so many different things to so many different people, and um, one of the <clears throat> one of the things a misconception in in sort of the the Christian world and outside of the Christian world is that you don't you don't ever use judgment like you don't judge people. Well, the Bible's clear. I was reading in First John this morning that you, you can kind of know if they're with us or if they're not with us. A lot of times, they different things happen. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of folks are saying they're believers. 
pastors, and they're really not. I mean, they're, they're in it for some other reason other than the fact that they're broken because of their own sin and they feel like they need a Savior. I mean, they're, they're in it because um, it's the one thing that they can do, maybe. I don't know why some folks are in it, but I know that the Scriptures tell us that a lot of folks are going to get to heaven one day and Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. Right. And so it's not surprising to me that the, the outside world who are out, either outsiders to the church or not even believers at all are seeing all sorts of craziness happening in the community when these people are not in the church. So, um, you know, we, we've had conversations about accountability, conversations about the role of the church in making sure that folks are doing various things. And truth is, you can be a member of a church and, and not be connected whatsoever and be doing all manner of evil in the community. And the world's going to look at them and go, now there's a Christian. And some of us might go, no, they're not. Uh, there's a, I heard this great analogy one time about this guy who um, robbed, he, he robbed someone and he had on his buddy's jacket. And they're all, you know, like, it was that dude who, no, just because you're wearing my coat doesn't mean that, that I'm the one who did it. Right. Just because someone says they're a believer doesn't mean that all of their behavior you then attach back to Christ. And you made the distinction, you know, if people just act like Jesus, right? then a lot of these issues would go away. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's so much, it's so much stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's just so much stuff that you have to decipher through. When I think it's simple, it's, it's actually simple. It's not all the stuff you have to decipher through. Just, just if you live the way Jesus taught and the, the way Jesus walked and the way Jesus talked, uh, the rest of the stuff's just a bunch of noise. I mean, I think that's that's just the easy path to do the right thing always right. towards everybody. Mm-hmm. Start with Jesus. Start with Jesus. Imitate his example. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the, Justin, I'd like for you to speak to this. I, I think one of the challenges uh, to where we live is cultural, what we call cultural Christianity. We grew up assuming church and Christianity in a lot of ways. Uh, the church across the street from our high school would host things, and you just did them after mm-hmm. a game because it was available. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. That's yeah. exactly There's right. Pizza there. There's pizza. Yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't want to go to the fifth <laughs> quarter, right? And and in so many ways, Christianity is assumed, mm-hmm. and then church connection membership is assumed. Thus, the one in ten who says they're not affiliated with Christianity is still a member of a local church. We're going, well, what, if I'm not a Christian, why the heck do I even need to be a member, member of a church? I shouldn't be. That's, that's, that makes no sense whatsoever. So there's a component of our, what is called Christianity that is a merely, it's a cultural construct. It's got some Christian language to it, and because it uses Christian language or maybe some Christian traditions, it's deemed church and Christian. And the devastating part to that is, that is opposite of everything Jesus taught. And so... Just in cultural Christianity, how do you see that being played out and how is it affecting our city? So I think the biggest way it affects our city is that when I was growing up, and I'm the youngest person in the room, but when I was growing up, um, you had to be part of a church to be connected to people. Uh, There was a social, almost class component of, you know, in business, if you're not connected to the right place or the right church, um, the right schools, those type of things, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to get do business, you're not going to be a reputable person. And so when you tie those type of things to things that are not Christianity, so I'm not going to go to his place because he doesn't go to church anywhere. Okay, so he starts going to church, and all of a sudden he's Mr. Popular, and 
his business is popular because he goes to church, but nothing about, about him changed, right? So you, you mesh these two things and you put a Christian t-shirt on it and it looks and smells and sounds Christian on the outside, but it's still the same person behind closed doors that I've actually had people tell me, I don't care about Christianity because that guy is a deacon and he's a jerk. Like everything about him is lie, cheat, and steal, and yet he's a leader in a local church. So why would I want anything to do with that? It's like Paul said to that the sounds Romans. sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Have Paul you been said, following me? <laughs> and Paul said to the Romans, the Gentiles blaspheme God because of you and the example that you've set for people. All three of you guys are business owners. You Three Rivers Roofing, and you have a podcast, Cigar Store Idiots, that's blowing up. You're a, a CPA, um, and you you own, you starting on car washes. You started with a group of people, Advanced Rehab, so you're a physical therapist by trade. That's how you're, we know each other. There it is. You helped put me back together. <laughs> there it is. He Keith knew you. He's like, I know Rob. <laughs> and, and so you're a physical therapist by trade. You're a car wash guru. You're a business. You're a business mind. You guys are in the business world. So what do you see as that connection? Like sociologically, how does that play itself out in the local church and maybe propagate some unhealthy things? I, I, I can give you a great story on that uh, real quick. Um, I have a big competitor, which I don't compete with anybody. I know what my bills are and what I have to make, so that's how I, that's how I compete. So that's how we do it at, at Three Rivers. Paying Re- the bills, Paying right? the bills at Three Rivers Reef, and that's what we do. There you go. But uh, – but I have a I have a competitor in in they're they're heavy on the message, like heavy heavy on the message. So that makes them like in people's eyes maybe better than a person than me. Uh, so they want to do business with that person. So it's kind of a bitter pill to swallow sometimes when I lose jobs to 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 that person. But uh, it is what it is. Predominantly because of who they are maybe affiliated with yeah, or their name. They have a they got a great story with uh, what they do. And so uh, people are drawn to that story. Uh, well, we got to trust this guy because he's been through these things. And now he's this and it's all what it is. Um, Three Rivers try- Roofing I'm, made I'm my roof good. Trying to be really nice right now. No, no so, that's good. But, uh, but um, it's unfortunate because... Um, I think if, if that's the way you operate your business, that's great, but you can't go around talking nasty stuff about, uh, the person that is in the same industry with you. So that's kind of, kind of where I'm at with that. Well, it seems that that's part of the example of, of whether it's on purpose or not using God as a means to get to people, um, Instead of others, yeah. as opposed to maybe it's better that I just take a loss on this one for the sake of something greater, yeah. that I'll get back in eternity as opposed to profit this month. I'm never going to ring your uh, religious hot bell button uh, to get your business. Never. Mm-hmm. We're there to do business. I'm not there to to right. to fellowship with you about something that I don't, I don't know enough about. You know what I'm saying? So right. so we're there to do work, not, not to try to play... Uh, play games with your sure with your hot buttons right it's not what we do i think that's one of the challenges we're going to continue to have in our city it, we even see it as a church that we've intentionally um what we exist to do doesn't require us to have a building now there's nothing wrong with buildings buildings aren't evil bad wrong right nothing like you said you gotta pay the bills right yeah 
But um, one of the things that is very important to me is making sure that we are always in a place that we don't exist to get finances or use God as a means or reason uh, to have something to stick our name on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the truth of the matter is, um, we may not be here in 100 years. Like This fellowship may cease to exist, but what legacy will be left behind? Um, That's more important to me than a a building with with a name on it. And so I think what's vital for Roman Floyd County is that they begin to see Jesus Christ and who he is and what he came to do, his vision for the world, his mission that he was sent on by the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to save people from all nations, and that local churches begin to take that seriously, uh, not just to reach Rome or not just to get the money to build something, but to think in terms of how can we give everything we have away for the sake of reaching those people who have no access. We take for granted the fact that we have this access. We can have this podcast and talk about our declining numbers, and their places have no Bibles no witness to Jesus, and it seems to be that there's not much concern about that. What I would love to happen is that maybe in 100 years we don't exist, but there are people in that country over there who exist because we gave everything away for the sake of reaching them. Mm -hmm. If I had heard that growing up, that would have instantly shifted what I was thinking and why I was coming around. Whether it had any transformative effect, that's a different discussion, but it would definitely put a different taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. other than Come here, get this. Make sure you don't go to hell by doing these things, and you're good. Mm-hmm. It probably shifted how I came at Christianity. Not chastised for rooting for Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, yeah. How can you not root for Michael Jordan? Oh, right. Did you have Jordan? You have some sweet Jordans. Look, I recently bought me a pair of Jordans, nice. and I have. Um, I bought a fat head for the studio. It's on the wall. It's the black and white of him, like in the. It's, it's it That's puts beautiful. a tear in my eye when I look at it. So. I had a, a guy. It maybe was, I did. Maybe there's some Michael worship Jordan. in there. Maybe a there's bit. a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe one of the few fights hey, I, I was, got into in high school was a dude stepped on my new Jordans and scuffed the toe well, of them. Yeah, that's a and, fight. And yeah, that was a fight. That, I, I got in trouble. I'm for gonna that go ahead one. and tell you, the way shoes are made now, as how they were made then, those Jordans are the worst thing ever put on my feet, dude. They kill my feet so bad I can't even wear them. They still look brand new. Like the ones, Jordan ones. I can't remember which one it is. Gotcha. This one that I had when I was in high school. Yeah. I was like, yeah, of, I used to have one about these. Those are. Sweet. I was like, these things are killing my feet. How can people play basketball on these? <laughs> oh my gosh! Give me yeah. my Crocs. There you go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I don't. Those wear are those. comfortable. As, as old long man, you don't wear socks with them. You're good. <laughs> well, I don't try to let my Cheetos out of the bag too much. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. <laughs> oh that's gold man that's gold well justin what are some thoughts that you're having in response to some of the things rob is telling us here as a local elder as an elder in a local church what goes off in your soul i mean sadly it's not surprising to me uh, i know our city i grew up here from here experienced these things um but it's sad to me because um as an elder of a local church pastor that's not what I want, not just our fellowship, but I don't want any fellowship to be viewed that way, to right. treat people that way. Um, it's completely opposite of what we should be right. as a, as followers of Jesus. And so it's really sad to me, um, but it's not shocking, but I think it's a good, good description of our culture. You got 
people treated that way as children growing up. You hear these things, and it's all cultural. It's all messaging that's not about following Jesus. It's not about being faithful to him. It's not about knowing his word. It's not about loving people. Right. And uh, it's what makes our context a really hard place to actually do ministry, to actually live and work and serve the Lord, because everything we say is confused right? by the way people live and believe and still wear the name Jesus. Right. So it makes it really confusing and really hard, and it, it really just is saddening to me. Yeah. I went off on a tangent a minute ago, and, and it's because I, I was started to say this, and then my brain went somewhere else. But that's evidenced by the fact that the, the chief question I get still today is, when will you be a real church? I know the answer to the question now. I know what they mean because I started asking, what do you mean, real church? Well, when are you going to have a building? It, it was like, uh, wait a second, time out. That's the Bible never teaches building equals church. A covenanted people on mission together, doing Jesus stuff, Jesus way, that's a church. And so I still get that question, when are you going to be a real church? We might come visit then. I'm like, no, 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 wait, no, we are. We partner with Unity Christian School. We meet in their facility and we pay them rent and they're good to us and we try to be good to them. And, but we use that money for other stuff. We use that money to do stuff in our city and around the world, and we don't pay a full-time. I'm the only full-time guy, and I've only been that for five years. Prior to that, I was tri-vocational, working multiple jobs, because we have a greater vision than a building. And so, and that, so makes, that, and that makes me super proud of you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate I mean that. that. Well, it, it, part of that is fueled out of my experience. I, I came out of a place where I was inundated with church and God talk, but not the Bible, who Jesus is and what his mission was. And when we came back here, my whole, my whole aim was to see that we did something bigger than our city. If it cost us our, our very existence, that's fine. But I was not going to go down as one of those people mm-hmm. because it kept me from hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. I was 20 years old. I cannot explain not hearing what the Bible calls the gospel until being 20 years old. That's just unthinkable to me, but that was my experience. That was it. Keith, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, one of the greatest gifts God can give us is the ability like, to have an experience to where you sort of have to step outside your, what you're used to and kind of have to go, hmm, is that, is that really true? And one of, the, one of the things that's happened to you, it's happened to most of us, is when you go and do international work and you go to a place where there, there aren't any churches. You know, I mean, these folks don't have churches. They're meeting in homes or they're meeting under a tree somewhere. And you realize, oh, okay, this... And then, hey, this sounds a lot like the Bible. It's very similar. So when you come back and you see people meeting in churches, you don't go, well, that's wrong. That's not wrong necessarily, but it's certainly not the way you have to do it. And so when, you, when you're able to experience something like that and you say, okay, well, it teaches you there are things that, that I have. It's possible that there are things that I believe about something, maybe my worldview, the, the Bible, Christianity, that just flat out isn't true. And I've been told that all my life. I can't find it in the scriptures. It's not there. God helps those who help themselves, Keith. Yes, hey, right? You know, it's got to be in there somewhere. Well, I can't find it, right? Um, he helps a lot of folks who didn't help themselves. Right, um, right. That's not in the Bible, fact, by the way. That's all of us. Think, yeah. Yeah, that's he's, right. If he's helping you, it's not because you helped yourself. Um, so it is a great gift to, to be able to sort of look at the world and go, this isn't really, this isn't, this isn't Christian, this is preference. Or this isn't Christian, it's idolatry, all sorts of things that maybe, not necessarily that I was taught when I was growing up in church, but things I experienced and I took away because maybe I didn't know any better or whatever. Um, 
But yeah, you, you read the scriptures and you realize this is this can be done a lot of different ways, and being mm. inside of a building might be even more effective, right? For some congregations, right? Yeah, I'm, there are probably there are places in the world where that would lend legitimacy to something at yeah. some point. Absolutely, yeah. it's it's the need to know your context. Where are you at? Like you said, something very important for 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 both of us. Our experience. You've lived and worked in a hard place. I've lived and worked in a hard place around the world. And once you see, uh, and I, you have me on your podcast to talk about some of those stories. Yeah. Um, once you see it there, you can't come back and unsee it. Mm. You can't untaste it. And, and once you do, you start seeing the veneer becomes very clear. Mm-hmm. And, and you try to scale it down to what is most necessary and most effective. And I still am convinced that's part of our challenge in Rome, Georgia, is what is the most necessary, what's the most effective, and, and what is going to get the, the Robs and Brittany's and his family to say, no, I am part of the local church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me is vital um, because our city is desperate need of the presence of Christ manifest through a local church working out the very things you're talking about Jesus gave us mm-hmm. to do. And so the task isn't done. We're 18 years in and got a ways to go, long way to go. I think part of the issue is we start to assume things are biblical norms because we grew up with seeing mm-hmm. that in our culture and our context. And so we just assimilate into ourselves that, well, this is just the way it's done. That's got to be in the book somewhere. And it's they're not bad yeah. or wrong or evil, but when we equate them to this is the only way to do it, we're no longer truly built on what the word says. We're we're just chasing some other cultural norm we've assimilated into. Well, the word says that we have to have a building and a staff and mm-hmm. all those other things that are not bad, right? And can be good and helpful. But when we make them the end, right, they become when bad. the fo- when the fo- like yeah when the focus is on we've got to have a bigger building, a bigger building, not we've got to do bigger things in the community, right? That's yeah yeah. I love how my Indian friends uh, are just absolutely devastated by only starting 2,000 churches and no buildings, no budget, you know, and they're just brokenhearted that it's not 10,000. Yeah. And, 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 and they live, they live as, as absolutely minimal as they possibly can, but they're fruitful and productive and they have no buildings, nothing. And they'll take you around and you meet their friends and you're in this village somewhere 18,000 feet in the Himalayas and there's, 700 people gathered on the side of this mountain and 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 there's three and four churches gathered there multiplying and I'm going I can't unknow that mm-hmm. and then I come back and 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 I go well we got we got some work in front there, of us there's another thing too that kind of was always kind of baffled me is um and I may be wrong I may be completely wrong but you can look at certain churches are like you turn it to the Crips and the Bloods, like they're against each other. Like one's got to be better than the other. And I'm like, no, man, y'all are, y'all are supposed to have the same message every single time. Y'all are supposed to be doing the same. You know, you say it differently, but it's the same in the same end game, right? Uh, but you turn it into a competition, and that man, that just makes no sense to me. There's a hefty spirit of competition in our city. Yeah. Uh, and, and some yeah, pastors, we, we, we get together and talk about it. There are a few guys who are really striving to, to kill that. But it is, it's, uh, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Because the, the reality is if they leave us and go there, yeah. they take everything with them and go there, and the rich get richer and the poor get poor. And guys, and, and, and guys think that way. Yeah. I'm going to show up. I'm going to start showing up, but I'm not going to call them out. 
I'm just going to leave clown noses at the altar and walk off. Is that is that bad? Is that frowned upon? I, I, the Lord is may frown upon that. Yeah, yeah, that that might not be the best idea. How about uh, a rainbow wig? A rainbow wig. <laughs> I've got worse. red shoes. Well, if you, if, if you leave a rainbow wig, somebody's going to start thinking you're part of the LGBTQ movement. Yeah, you've yeah. co-opted the rainbow. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not trying to send that message. Try but not to send that. The message. thing, the thing is though, it's like it, it never should be a competition. Absolutely, never not. should be. I mean, if you're if you're if you're solely based off a dog and pony show, or what you're bringing to the table, you're bringing, you know, the fireworks and the, you know, the flashing lights and the disco ball and whatever you're doing, uh, you know. You what you win them the with, point. you have to keep them with. Yeah, you, yeah, it's kind of kind of missing the point. Yeah. And then whoever gets out in front of the next trend, that's where the crowd goes. Yeah. And and unfortunately, that tastes an awful lot like Rome. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh, let's go around. Let's give a rapid fire final thoughts. We'll give you the last word, Rob, as our guest today. So, uh, uh, Keith, Justin, me, and then Rob, give some, a rapid fire final thoughts. Mm, that's a hard one. Yeah. So, uh, my thought is, I'm sitting across the table from Rob. Hadn't seen you in a long time, man. Is that yeah? It stinks that that's been your experience. I mean, I hate to hear that. Yeah. And your story is like a whole bunch of folks' story, and. Um, you know, I wish I could snap my fingers and make uh, make it clear what the gospel is. Like, what is the message of Christ and what is the message of the rest of Scripture? Because the truth is, it's so muddled right now. It's, I mean, even, even when you follow and try to stay in touch with people who are solid Christians, that story is crazy now. And so what it, what it means to me is that it just, I recognize that people are falling, people are broken. Um, people are looking out for all sorts of things, and um, and you know, from our faith perspective, we believe there is an enemy. I mean, I, I don't think God, I don't think the devil's behind uh, Dominique over there. <laughs> Definitely not behind Dominique. Definitely not behind Dominique. Maybe but Kevin he, Willis. He was kind of mean. <laughs> he was tough. He's a big dude too. He was. Um, but there, we do. He is there though, and he's out there every time there's a mistake, fanning that flame and trying to make sure that folks just don't get involved. Um, the, the, if you, if you want to read that is might be kind of difficult, but is worth your while is, um, screw tape letters Yes, where C.S. Lewis. Lewis is, is basically saying, I mean, the, the devil is saying to people, look, don't, don't get them completely away from faith. Keep them in there just enough to where they don't get, don't get away from it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the, the plea is, um, is for those of us who are believers to, to love on folks and be, you know, try to exhibit some fruits of the spirit, love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all that stuff. Right. And, um, and hopefully we can turn this thing around. Absolutely. It's good. Justin. Um, I appreciate you sharing your story. Mm -hmm. I hope people listening hear that as a real experience in Roman Floyd County and not an abnormal experience, but probably more normal than we would hope to be true. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just a great picture of our city and our county and the reality of your experience of cultural Christianity coming into contact with that, um, maybe helps folks see that it is a real booger that we have to fight. We have to demonstrate something different in the way that we live our lives. Right. Sunday, we, we're studying through the book of Galatians. Our aim for the next however many years is to study through the New Testament chronologically. So we start with Galatians, then we're breaking up each of those books with some Old Testament study. 
Um, but in Galatians chapter 1, 11 to 24, Paul's having to make this argument to this church who's now been infected with some bad teaching um, that Jesus plus anything equivalent with Jesus ruins everything because they brought in some teaching that says you need Jesus plus this. Uh, you have to have the gospel plus this. And, 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 and what I want Roman Floyd County to hear and see is Jesus is enough. He's absolutely enough. And when you're now in Christ, he brings us together as a body, as a covenant fellowship on his mission. And you don't add anything to that. And the human heart, idolatry works such that we start bringing things up to the same level of Jesus or setting them over Jesus. And they start influencing how we see and understand Jesus as opposed to Jesus determining how we see everything else. And what I want our city to know and understand and believe and any and people who are listening to this, we have a pretty broad global audience is that fight to keep Jesus at the top, middle, center, and everything, and let him and his cross and his salvation view how we see and judge absolutely everything else. And what doesn't match up, flush it, get rid of it, and fight for that, because I think that's maybe where we are, our chief battle, is Jesus alone is enough. 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 Rob, final word. Um, first off, thank you guys so much for letting me come in and talk to you today. I had a good time. I uh, hope we can do it again. And Heck maybe yeah. next time I get you guys in my place. Mm, yes. Um, uh, but no, I, I really do appreciate you letting me come on and tell my story. And, uh, and I, again, I can't stress enough to, if you guys are working with the young, the young kids, uh, now they need it more than ever right yes, now. Sir. Uh, the world's always been mean and it's always been ugly, but uh, it's you got to you got to get those kids and wrangle them in. You got to help them. They need help. They need all the help they can get. And uh, and if you do listen to our podcast, uh, Cigar Store Idiots, I have somewhat of a potty mouth, so wear earmuffs on certain things <laughs> or have a be close to the volume button, so <laughs> so but, they can they can hit they that. can hit the volume button. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, again, thank y'all so much for letting me come in, and it's really good to see. Keith again. Yeah. It's nice to meet you. And Mitch, it's always good to see you too, buddy. Man, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming, Rob. Yeah, it's an absolute joy. Hey, guys who are listening to Theology in the Dirt, we're very grateful for you. Thank you for listening in. You can find us at uh, theologyinthedirt at gmail.com. You can email. Give us your questions, and we're glad to address those questions. We have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun reading some of the stuff you send. Some of the stuff we don't address, some of it we do. So please send your questions, and we're glad to jump on it. You can find notes and the show we posted on MitchJolly.com, and you will see this episode later this week. We love it if you listen to the podcast, like it, share it, and leave a review because leaving a review helps other people see it and uh, boosts us in the ratings and all that fun stuff. Make sure it's a five-star rating. That would be absolutely good. If that's true, if it's not, leave us a one-star and we'll just put you at the bottom. No, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Rob, it's been a pleasure. Justin, Keith, thank you guys. Everybody have a great day. Out. Out.